verses 18 through 27. John chapter 11, verses 18 through 27. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst not been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last, at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ the Son of God, which should come into the world. When, when, she, when Martha says these things, she is, she is revealing to us that she believed in this unlimited power of the Messiah, that he could raise people from the dead. He could do whatever he wanted to do. There's several doctrinal truths that could be brought from this passage, and we'll, we'll look, we will look at some of those. But I do want to balance that and have the practical in this message as, as well. The title is, When Sad Things Happen, We Hold Firmly That Jesus Is the Christ. When sad things happen, He is the anointed one that would come. Lord, I, I pray again that you would, that you would bless, that you would uh, help and give uh, understanding and that you would uh, bless me, Lord, to, to give me strength and wisdom. In Christ's name, amen. So some of the things we find that we see that are true is only God has the power to give eternal life. Therefore, Martha knew that the promised Messiah would be both God and man. This is not merely talking about living spiritually or living forever spiritually, but about living forever, forever physically as well, although at a higher level. The power the Messiah demonstrated was power to raise physically. Let's consider how our confession that Jesus is the Christ gives us hope for the future and strength when the day comes that we have sad things happen. Maybe the day comes that we lose a loved one, and the day, even when, the day even when we pass away ourselves, it isn't that we will die, but that the bodies we have now will die. We will never die, and we'll be given new bodies. But unless the Lord returns, these bodies will cease to function at some point and die, and it's sooner than most think. Eventually, Eventually, the bodies of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus would die 
as well. Lazarus again. We don't think about the fact that the bodies of these three eventually died. Lazarus died twice. These three loved each other dearly. And as one by one, they passed from this earth. I'm sure it was very difficult. But I'm also sure that they were strengthened by the fact that their friend was Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. Amen. We don't know what order they died. Maybe Lazarus would go through what Martha went through. Maybe Lazarus, instead of being the first to die, would be the last and would grieve the passing of his sisters one by one. One of them would have been the last to go, and we don't really, we don't really know. We do know that the Messiah was their friend and that he loved them and that their eventual deaths were precious in his sight and that they never truly died. When the last one of the three left this earth, the four friends were reunited, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus, the Messiah. I've heard people wondering at times whether we will continue our friendships with the people we have known here on earth. You know, I believe it is clear that we will if our, if our friends knew the Lord, that is. While it is true that the Bible teaches us we won't be married in heaven, the Bible comforts us to know that we can have the friendships in heaven that we had on earth. 1 Thessalonians 4 has been a great comfort at many funerals. I'm, I'm, I'm not certain that I have ever attended a funeral where this passage was not read, uh, in, including the ones I've done. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. It assures us that those who sleep in Jesus, and that is an important point, <laughs> in Jesus, okay, will be reunited with us. How would this be a comfort if the friendships we had on earth did not continue in heaven? So how, how would this be a comfort? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14 says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So we need this comfort now because sometimes we can worry about what the future holds. We probably all have relationships that are dear to us, parents and children, siblings, spouses, friends. And we must face the fact that we could have some sad things I'm going to change that. We must face the fact that we will have some sad things happen. But when sad things happen, we can hold on to the same truth that Martha held on to. Jesus is to Christ. We can say, if we know him, if we're in Christ, Jesus is my friend and he is the anointed one. Jesus is the one that was promised to come who would fix all things. From Genesis 3.15, when the seed of the woman was promised to crush Satan, though hundreds of years of history, or through hundreds of years of history, there was one coming who would fix all things. 
Already he has atoned for sin and given his spirit to those who come to him, and yet he is still coming again to judge the world and to make everything beautiful in his time. One thing that is obvious, <laughs> one thing that's very obvious from the many kings of Israel is that Israel needed a king without sin. That should be the thing. Every king you read about, the first thing that should come to your mind, you know what they really needed? They needed one without sin. Saul was anointed by Samuel in 1 Samuel 10.1 to be king. But it soon became obvious that they needed one without sin. They needed the anointed one. The priests were anointed to the office in Exodus 28, 41. But it was also obvious that what Israel really needed was an anointed one that was sinless. Likewise, during the time of the judges, when they really needed, what they really needed was a judge without sin. Even the prophets would sin at times, even though their prophecies were true and, and from God. What they needed, what Israel needed, was a prophet without sin. So one big lesson we can learn from the Old Testament is that Israel needed a sinless one, anointed to be the perfect prophet, priest, king, pastor, judge, savior, friend, and brother, the Messiah the Christ, the anointed one. Now, maybe a little theology we're going to throw in here, okay? A little bit of consideration, a little bit of thinking. First, we have to ask a question. Martha, she said, I know you're the, I know you're the Messiah. He said, do you believe that? Do you believe that I have that power, really? to raise or that you'll never die. She said, yeah, I believe that you are the Messiah, the anointed one. So what that's saying is that she was saying that this is something that she knew was the power the Messiah had. So was the raising of the dead a power ascribed to the Messiah in the Old Testament? Why did Martha give us her answer when asked about the resurrection that she believed Jesus was the Christ? Did she have scriptural reason other than believing that the Messiah would be divine? I mean, she did believe that. She said, he's the son of God. She assumed that the Messiah would have the power to raise the dead. Why would she think this? And this is an important question. For many years, the Jews did believe that the Messiah would have the power to raise the dead. But in recent years... Many Jews have changed their views and have argued that the Bible, meaning the Old Testament for them, does not teach that the promised Messiah would have the power to raise the dead. This is a common argument nowadays among the Jews, that it's not taught that the Messiah would have that power. So let's consider that. In the time of Jesus, 
it was commonly believed by the Jews that the Messiah would have the power to raise the dead. I see a couple reasons for this. The first is that in Isaiah 26, 19, it says that when deliverance comes, the dead will be raised. And then also that the Jews understood that the Messiah would be God since he would be the Son of God revealed. And that's Isaiah 9, 6, Jeremiah 23, 5-6, and Psalm 2, 7. Reveal that the Messiah would be God. So if the Bible teaches that the Messiah would be God, which it does, why wouldn't we trust that he could raise the dead? Now, respected older Jewish rabbis have written about this and concluded from Scripture that the Messiah, or Christ, would be God the Son. They just don't believe that Jesus is that Christ. But as far as who they believed the Messiah would be, the older rabbis knew what Martha knew. Now, the new ones are changing their tune and their tactics. Now they deny that the Old Testament scriptures teach that the Messiah would be God. If he is God, then he has the power to raise the dead. And that is easy to defend scripturally. So look at Isaiah 26, 19. Look at Isaiah 26, 19. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. When we come to the New Testament, Jesus included raising the dead as proof that he was the Messiah. Jesus did not misquote Isaiah 35, chapter 35. And we're going to be looking at Isaiah 35 here in just a minute. When we also include raising the dead in the list of the things that Christ would do, that the promised, the anointed one would do, Jesus was simply including all the things that the Jews of the time believed the Messiah could do, and they weren't wrong. They saw from various scriptures the power of the Messiah and simply put them together. The Jews of that time weren't misquoting either because they weren't quoting they were simply using the wording from various texts to describe the Messiah and his power. They understood. They fully understood what it meant to be called the Son of God. Popular and well-known text, John chapter 10. John 10, 30 through 36 says, I and my Father are one. <laughs> then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. Which of those works do you stone, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent the world, thou blaspheme, because I said, I am the Son of God. See, he said, I said, I am the Son of God. And they said, you say, you're telling us that you're God. They understood that's what that meant. Now, it is true that Isaiah 35 does not include raising the dead. 
But Jesus isn't quoting Isaiah 35. He is quoting the Jews of the time who had rightly compiled from Scripture a list of things the Messiah would do and be. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. Now, Jesus has a similar list of things, okay? And some have said, well, he misquoted Isaiah 35, and he added raising the dead. Okay? That is not what he was doing. He was, simply, he was simply giving what they understood in that time to be what the Messiah would be and could do and the power that the Messiah would have. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 6, Matthew 11, 2 through 6, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Jesus, during, the Jews during Jesus' time knew from the scriptures that the Messiah would be, would, could raise and would raise the dead. This is why Martha answered the way she did. Look at back at John 11, 11, 25 through 27. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. I, you're the Christ. You can, yes, I believe you will, and you can. The Son of God, which should come into the world. Luke Wayne writes that even in some of the non-Scripture writings found among the Dead Sea Scrolls, it shows that the Jews of that time of their writing understood from various passages that the Anointed One would raise the dead. And this is from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It says, The heaven and the earth shall... Well, listen, now this is not Scripture, okay? This is just proof that there were Jews that they understood this would be the truth, that the Messiah would um, raise the dead. Um, and this is from Geza Vermes in the complete Dead Sea Scrolls in English, uh, pages 412 through 413. The heavens and the earth will listen to his Messiah, and none therein shall stray from the commandments of the holy ones. Seekers of the Lord, strengthen yourselves in his service. All you hopeful in your heart, will, will you not find the Lord in this? For the Lord will consider the pious and call the righteous by name. Over the poor his spirit will hover and will renew the faithful with his power. And he will glorify the pious on the throne of the eternal kingdom. He who liberates the captives restores sight to the blind, straightens the bent, and forever I will cleave to the hopeful and in his mercy. And the fruit will not be delayed for anyone. And the Lord will accomplish glorious things which have never been as, <clears throat> been as. For he will heal the wounded and revive the dead and bring good news to the poor. He will lead the uprooted, and make the hungry rich. We stand on the same confession as Martha and also Peter. 
John 11:27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Then consider what Peter says. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So sad things are going to happen in our lives. There will even be loved ones that, who passed that, were, that never trusted in the Messiah. You know, I don't know how he will heal that sadness. Because that's, that's, a, that's a deep and profound sadness. Loved ones that passed that didn't know the Lord. I don't know how he'll heal that. But he will. And he can. And he does. There will be loved ones passed away that knew the Lord. There will be great and sad days on this earth. You know, we don't need to live our lives in denial. We need to face it so that when the evil days come, we will already be looking to the Messiah. So that we can say when we face the sad, scary, unknown, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. We can trust the anointed one who has the power to raise the dead. And if he has the power to raise the dead, he has the unlimited power of God to dry every tear when sad things come. Let's pray. Lord,